0: Hi and welcome to another edition of the Authorised Podcast the podcast where writers speak. My name's Kevin Hillier and today I will introduce you to Nicola Moriarty, a well-known name in writing circles in Australia and Nicola has a great new book out called You Need to Know. We'll talk about that with Nicola in just a tick. But my thanks to our partners in this podcast, that's CSCG. Now, with tax time, well, it's here, isn't it? Uh, Time to think about all those tax issues and the people to talk to are CSCG. They have a team of people, experts in all fields of taxation, superannuation, lending, you name it, they can look after you. Give them a call. 9974 or jump on the website, see the people that you're dealing with, see the services they have on offer and all the details that you need to know. at cscg.com.au. Nicola Moriarty has a great new book. It's called You Need to Know. Let's meet her, chat with her and find out all about it now on Authorised.
1: Listening.
0: Hello Nicola, it's Kevin Hillier calling from uh, Melbourne. How are you? Hi,
1: good, thank you. How
0: are you? I'm terrific. Thanks. Thanks for having a chat to me for my podcast. I really appreciate your time. No
1: problem at all. Have Beautiful. Be.
0: A festering family secret uh, is it the is it the helm of all uh, this one you need to know? Was it a a fun book to write and I, and I mean fun in, you know, the broadest possible sense? <laughs> yeah, uh, it
1: was actually. I think because it was a big cast of characters and lots of different secrets going on. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Despite the darkness in there, it was enjoyable to write that one.
0: Uh, I'm intrigued at how writers go about it. Are you a storyboard writer? Are you a flash-into-your-head ideas person? Or how how does it unfold for you?
1: Definitely more the kind of... Flash into my head, ideas, no planning really. I, I kind of start with a bit of a, a spark of an idea and I prefer to just start writing and see where it goes. I find if I um, start trying to plan too much, I, I kind of back myself into a corner, I think. Um, obviously about, you know, halfway through or somewhere like that, then I've got to start thinking ahead so that I can eventually wrap it up at some point. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah to start with, I prefer to just sit down and write and see
0: where it goes. Do you become the character or do you or does the character become like a you know an existential kind of part of you or how does that how does that work when you say a character like Jill in the in this book?
1: Yeah uh, I think always um, in each book that I write, there is somebody in the book that is a bit more me, so in this one rather than Jill actually Mimi would be the one that is maybe a bit of an extension of me or maybe she has little parts of me or something like that. So I think I, I do need in each book somebody to identify with and to um, to love yeah. the most as I'm writing as well, yeah.
0: Are you a prolific writer? Does it come, does it pour out of you, Nicola?
1: Uh, it depends on the day really. <laughs> yeah, there are des- yeah, and- the feeling <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. There are days when I think I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm never gonna be able to especially when you finish a book and it's time to start the next one. It just seems like the most impossible task and I'm terrible when it comes to procrastinating. And yeah, so it's more when I'm maybe, I don't know, two thirds of the way into a book that it starts to really Get moving fast when I get excited about, you know, approaching the end or approaching the climax of the book. That's when it really gets going for me, and, and that's when I can just write all day long whereas other days or other parts of the book is where I have to
0: force myself. Comedians talk about uh, they write the tagline first, so they know the ending uh, before they... And then they build the joke around uh, the ending because that, that's what works best for them. How, how do you go about it? Do, do, did this book start with the ending, the, the climactic ending, or did it start at the beginning?
1: It starts more, yes, definitely, The sort of the main climax is is something that I've got in my head. So, for their instance, with this one, had the car accident, knew that there was going to be this big, major car accident, um, that it's going to involve all members of the same family, that somebody from that family is going to pull up and see it and just be at a loss for what they're going to do. I knew that somebody was going to die, knew that, you know, I had to decide who caused it, but I didn't know how it was all going to work out after the fact, and I didn't know, you know, who caused the accident. Like, that was one of my... Driving forces as I was writing, I would sit yep. there and think to myself, "Who caused it? Who did it?" Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think that's similar, actually, as, as having the tagline. I guess yeah. is yeah, yeah, having that main climax, but not knowing before or after.
0: And as part of the fun bit, sort of laying the different, uh, the different, uh, uh, I guess, characterisations of each of each person in the book, of finding other little bits and pieces you can you can do with them.
1: Yeah, actually, I think that is, is quite a lot of fun um, because, yeah, kind of just start with, all right, I know I want it to be this family who's involved in this car accident, and then it's kind of working back and going, right, what else is going on in their life? What do they do for a job? Um, what hobbies do they do? How well do they get along with the rest of the family? Do they have other friends? And uh, the good thing about that is as you start to play around with the character and what else is going on in their life, that's when other little subplots suddenly um, jump up at you, and you suddenly go, "Oh, hang on!" If you know this person has this ex-girlfriend, maybe you know she's going to ask him to, uh, without giving away too many things about yeah. um, about the book. But yeah, all of a sudden, if if this guy's single and he's still pining after this ex-girlfriend, here's a new idea for something that can that can happen in the book. So yeah, definitely. Fun to do. Sometimes at first it can be a bit daunting, again, trying to create this whole new personality. But, um, yeah, once you get going, then they start to become their own person and, and things start to make sense for them. And, yeah, definitely a lot of fun.
0: D- does it surprise you sometimes the things that you think about characters and what you do with them?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've had that, I think, in all of my books. I've had moments where... I haven't really known, you know, what exactly is going to happen with this character, and it's almost like they decide for themselves. So i will be writing, and it, it'll suddenly be like, "Oh, this is going to happen," and where did that come from? And I like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or let's give Mimi a, uh, or Mimi a, uh, a drinking problem. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, that was yeah, a bit of a. Okay, if I'm if I'm going to be having a look at, you know, all these different characters and all the reasons why a car accident might have happened, then it kind of made sense to go, okay, let's, yeah, like you said, throw a drinking problem at somebody and and that's a definite possi- possible cause of a car accident. And, um, yeah, I think that definitely helped with um, adding the different layers to each character was thinking about, well, I mean, same as um, Callie, thinking, well, let's make her 16 and on her learner's driver's licence because there's another um, potential for a, a character then as well,
0: so yeah. Building building that drama in the book and building it to the to the big crescendo at the end and the and the twist at the end and all that sort of stuff that that obviously is uh, is a real skill and something that uh, I would imagine uh, and I'm not an author of, of fiction, but I would imagine that's one of the great challenges of, of writing a book.
1: Yeah, definitely very challenging, and you know some of that comes as well from. Draft two, draft three, kind of going back and and realizing where you have dropped the pace or or what needs to be revealed when and and things like that. I kind of I liked writing because I've kind of got in between every couple of chapters uh, a flash ahead to, to the car accident. I sort of wrote it in that order because I think that kept me interested while I was writing. To so every now and again, be able to. Um, leave them where they are, jump ahead and see what's happening next in a car accident. So I think I was building this suspense for myself as much as for anybody else.
0: Do you have, uh, say, for instance, Jill or Mimi, do you have uh, a picture of them in your head? Uh, Are they, you know, a blonde, a brunette, a slim, tall? Do do you you kind of get to that point with with each of them? They're kind
1: of a bit fuzzy in my head, I think. I I get, you know, some... um, Some basic kind of things, like I definitely see Mimi Mimi with long, dark, curly hair, but her actual face and things like that are are more of a blur to me. Um, I often wonder when people read, um, and I'm trying to think when I read other books myself, whether I I get a fully formed picture of of what a person looks like. But um, yeah, I often wonder how people reading my books imagine my characters seen as yeah, I don't see them particularly it's almost, sharp. Yeah, yeah. It's almost
0: and, one of those police sketch type photos.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. 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 yeah, I kind of see them more as their, you know, personality walking around than their actual face and features and, yeah.
0: It is one one of the other parts that I imagine would be because you because you mentioned that you know two or three drafts of of the book? Do you kind of get to that point where you keep tinkering with it to the point where you go, if I don't put this down now, I'm never going to finish this book?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it does get a bit like that because you know if you keep keep edit, then you could constantly find issues and keep changing it, or you could find more and more things that could happen to the characters or or different ways it could work out. What if, you know, what if this person dies instead of that person yeah. or, or that kind of thing? So, yeah, definitely there is a point where you have to – well, for me, actually, that point is often the deadline. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> you've got no
0: choice.
1: <laughs> Hand it over or you're in trouble. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Uh, book companies are funny like that. Hey, I love I love, uh, I love uh, your, uh, your sort of on-the-spot uh, real-life research where, you know, you sit with your own doctor and ask him, if I was a male and was wanting to make a sperm donation, what uh, what questions would you ask me?
1: <laughs> yes, he, he did look a little bit taken aback when I asked that question, but then, um, then the more questions I asked, the more he got into it and he was sitting there researching stuff on the computer for me and I'm kind of going, oh, I don't want to take up too much of your time <laughs> at the end of my appointment. He's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. Let me see what I can find out. So I think he enjoyed it in the end.
0: Yep. Uh, the the the, uh, the the characterisation and 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 the the way the story evolves. I mean, uh, where, where did where does that come from? Where is the inspiration? The original inspiration and kind of the the chalk the original chalk outline of for this book. Where did where did that come from? Do you know?
1: I don't know if I do know. I you know, I it really did start with just a well, unless I did stop at a character myself oh, okay. um, a couple of years back. Uh, on my way to my soccer game, actually, I, I remember seeing this car um, had gone into a tree on the opposite side of the road, and that and nobody had must have just happened, so nobody had stopped yet, um, and I had to go round the roundabout and come back, and it was a very strange feeling of seeing this car and just how still and quiet it was, and that first moment of, oh, that's a weird place for a car to pull over, and then oh, that car's not pulled over and there's nobody else there, so I've got to do something. So it, maybe that was playing at the back yeah. of my mind, this idea of coming across the car accident, being the first one there, and from there the idea of coming across a car accident, looking around and realising, I know that car, I know that car, I know that car, and the, the shock of realising your whole family has, you know, something's happened and you don't know why and... Yeah. Yeah, So, and then I had also, um, when I kept thinking about trying to decide who caused the accident, I had kept playing the words over in my head of my kids, um, uh, a children's book that I used to read to my kids when they were little who sank the boat, which I've got the quote of that in the front of this book, um, Pamela Allen, um, that because I would lie in bed at night and think, okay, who caused it? Those words, "Who sank the boat?" just started running yeah. around around in my mind, and so it became a bit of a mantra for the book, and it made sense to um, to ask Pamela Allen if I could please have that quote in the front of my book because it just felt like um, a part of it in the end.
0: Yeah, oh no, that's a it's a lovely little touch, actually, really nice little touch. Are you are you are you working on another one already?
1: Yes, um, but as I've as I said earlier, my procrastinating at the start <laughs> of a book is bad, and so I am. But I have not gotten far at all. I've, I've kind of um, similar to this one. I've got that main sort of idea. I've got um, a woman lying on a lounge room floor, um, knowing that she's about to die, and thinking to herself, um, you know, well. You know, this isn't going to be ideal, can't do anything about it, but what I can do while I'm lying here in these last few minutes is figure out who killed me. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of my opening, and yep. um, and I've got this vague idea of the characters involved, and I know that this isn't a very likeable woman, so she's got a big list of potential suspects in mind for who might have killed her. But, yeah, I've really only gotten about half a chapter in because um, I met peak
0: procrastination stage at the yes. moment. <laughs> <laughs> writers are allowed to do that. You're allowed to be arty. Oh, You're allowed to be arty and kind of, you know, precious at times. That's, that's perfect part of the uh, part of the DNA thing. Speaking of DNA, the Moriarty name is obviously a very famous name. Your, your two sisters are acclaimed authors as well as yourself. Did that, was that a, a, a I mean, for some people that's a hindrance, for some people it's a, uh, you know, it, 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 it opens the door for you. How was it for you? Did it encourage you to write or discourage you to write?
1: I think it definitely encouraged me because I always liked writing as a kid. You know, English was my favourite subject. Creative writing was my favourite thing to do at school. I liked the idea of being a writer. You did a lot of short
0: stories, didn't you, in your younger days? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. But then leaving school, that seems like, oh, well, that's an impossible job. You know, it's not a clear career path. Yep. So seeing Leon and Jackie get published was a big um, eye-opener to, to kind of look at it and go, oh, normal people can do it. <laughs> um, you know, authors <laughs> seems like, you know, magical creatures, that I don't know how you become that. But when you see your own sisters do it, it's a massive inspiration to think, well, you know, let me get back into writing again. Um, and then throughout, obviously at times, you know, yes, there's, it's a hindrance when people want to directly compare you and, um, you know, and, and kind of say, well, you know, she's not as good as, and things like that, that can be tough, but any writer has to deal with, um, tough feedback anyway. So, you know, it's all part of learning to, you know, take the good with the bad and in the end it's... It's worth way more having, you know, two, um, industry experts who I can chat to and ask for advice and, you know, um, ask them to read a copy of my book if I'm stressing about something or industry advice, anything like that. Uh, being able to, yeah, have them to go to is worth way more than, um, yeah, putting up with a few bad reviews here and there and comparing them. To my sisters, and and as well as that, I kind of look at it and go, "Well, I'm the youngest sister. It's um, I don't have to be as good as them. Uh, I've
0: got plenty of time." <laughs> so, yeah. How do, how do you handle bad reviews? Because it's such a I mean, it's such a slap fest when when people uh, do that, regardless of what your, your surname is. It uh, there, there seems to be a th- oh well, you know, I think this is a crap book. It, it just seems to be something that falls out of people's mouths without any kind of uh, uh, you know accountability about what it does to the person that you're saying it to.
1: Yes, and I've definitely, I think I've gotten a thicker skin over the years, Um, you know, right back at the beginning, it would really knock me to get a bad review, I'd I'd struggle with it, I think over the years I've learnt that it's okay, not everybody can like a book and that, you know, and obviously there's the different bad reviews, there's a bad review where they give you some good constructive feedback where I can actually take something from it and, and look at it and go, okay. I'm okay that they've, you know, picked up on this or this because it's it's a fair review and, and I'm going to take something from that. Obviously then, like you said, there's the bad reviews where they just say, you know, this is a pile of rubbish and yeah. you think, well, I can't take anything constructive from that. <laughs> um, but I can tell myself that there's enough people who enjoy it that it's okay. You know, obviously there's still the odd ones even now that will... Take you by surprise and kind of take your breath away and it, and it stings a bit. But, um, yeah, I try, uh, what I like to do now is, if I go and have a look at good reads is I like to filter the reviews to. five and yep. four stars, and take a
0: look at those. And <laughs> Fair um, enough. Fair so enough. that I can't see the one-star reviews. <laughs> uh, I, I noticed in the book you, you wrote a little piece about your dad in the book. Who's who's your litmus test now for, you know, for for your achievements in terms of you finish this book? Who, who do you give the book to when they read it and go, yeah, you're right, it's good?
1: Yeah, that's a, a good question. Probably definitely my sisters, um, you know, because I want their advice anyway and not just, Leon and Jackie, there's my other sisters as well who yeah. aren't writers, who are excellent readers. Um, I've got my sister Katie who is um, uh, a very good proofreader, so that's really handy. She's great at picking up on the little things that might get missed. And then my sister Fiona who is brutally honest, which again is great because when she gives you good feedback, you know that it's, um, you can trust it. Yeah. Um, She's not the kind of person who you give a Christmas present to and, you know, she'll put on the big, oh, wow, I really wanted this. <laughs> if she didn't want it, she'll go, hmm, as you can tell. So, yeah, I've got my sisters for feedback, my husband and my mum as well. My mum's a, a great reader too. So, yeah, definitely miss having having dad to tell good news to. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have a nice big support his family.
0: Absolutely. Are you a voracious reader yourself or do you not have time to do that these days?
1: I definitely still love reading. I go through stages of having the time to do it. Um, Kind of, I guess, depending maybe on what stage I'm up to with my own book, you know, when I've maybe sent in a first draft, then I might kind of quickly scramble to read as much as I can while I've got some spare time or in between books or things like that. but yeah, I, I'm also aware of the fact though that if I get into a book, I um I won't be able to put it down, so I have to be careful. If I'm on deadline, I think okay, I really can't pick up a book because all of a sudden everything else will get put aside and I won't be able to stop till I've finished reading. So, and the good thing about um, this job is that you get sent books to read. Either, you know, recently I did a panel with a couple of authors, so they sent me the book so that I could be familiar with them before we okay. did the panel. Or if you get sent a book to review or write a quote for, things like that, is um, a, a very nice person of the job. So um, I'm never without a book to read. It's just making sure I'm careful
0: with my time so uh, do you read you know the russian history books from uh, the 17th century or do you read autobiographies or do you read fiction what what what's your sort of uh, books of choice to pick up and just you know when you're on holidays
1: uh definitely fiction and probably um you know similar along the same lines of what i write which yeah. i think is why i write those kind of books i write the kind of books that i want to read so that sort of you know works out that way so i love reading you know the domestic suspense stories, things like that. I like um, Sally Hepworth. And then I love as well, Marion Keys for, you know, uh, fantastic Irish humour. And um, yeah, I um, I always do this. I always think to myself when I talk about what I like to read, why do I not have a good list of authors that I love in my head <laughs> ready to go? Because yeah, when we finish this chat, all, all in my head go, why did I not mention this person or this person or... Uh. Yeah, I just yeah definitely fiction. Oh, and I love anything with a um, bit of a feel-good ending. I like things to be wrapped up at the end.
0: Yeah. Hey, Nicola, mm. congratulations on uh, you need to know uh, another terrific book, another great read, and one that, uh, has anyone been talking to you from a, uh, a film house yet about making this into a film? Because
1: um, I'm crossing my fingers. It's with a producer at the moment, but okay. there's there's no word yet. So um, I'm hoping that, yeah. that, that that might happen. That's always one of the big dreams.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, congratulations on the book. It's a hell of a thing to write a book and to, and to make one as, as fascinating and as interesting and as, as, as get you right to the very end as you've done with this one is, uh, is a really good job. So congratulations. Well done. Oh,
1: wow. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank you so much.
0: And it's been a pleasure to have you on uh, the Authorised Podcast. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought that was great. I really liked your question. I oh, really thank enjoyed you. it.
0: Thank you. Thanks to Nicola for joining me on the Authorised Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. I certainly uh, enjoyed the chat with her, and we look forward to uh, more of her work in the future and having a chat to her about that. It's always a fascinating process to find out how writers go about it, isn't it, whether they uh, they have it all sorted out in their head beforehand, whether they storybook it. It's different every time and always fascinating. Look forward to your company for the next Authorised Podcast. Don't forget to uh, support our good friends at CSCG. They will help you out. And at tax time, you might need some help and they're the people to talk to. Give them a call on 9974 8333 or jump on the website, see the services they have on offer and the people you'll be dealing with, cscg.com.au. Till the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care.